Heath Ledger. <laughs> Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. 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 Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. I just thought of something, Ryan. <laughs> what? Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms and all that. I'm Kelly Song. I'm Ryan Graves. Why is it called 10 Things I Hate About You? Um, because... Because of the poem? Because of the poem. Because I don't really hate you at all. But it's not like she lists them off as 10 things. Like, you really... Like, and now I want to listen to that poem that's actually in one of our drops and see if there's actually 10 things that she hates about him. That's the poem. I know. She doesn't say it as... But like, you know how poems are kind of hard to understand? Sure. It's like, there's not actually 10 things. So why is it called 10 things? Oh, it's and that's what you kind of have to like, <laughs> that's why you have college course of like, so what is that 10th so thing? So it's abstractly, I hate 10 things about you. Right. And you glean that there's probably 10 things that I hate about you because of this poem. <laughs> In today's essay, I will explore. <laughs> but look at this cast. It's 10 things I hate about you this week. Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Larissa Olenek, and some other people, too. Well, I feel like um, David Krumholtz is like, you know, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's a hot elf. Yeah, he is a hot elf. So That's right. Allison Janney. Allison Janney. Gabriel Union. Yep. Daryl Chill Mitchell. Larry Miller's a that guy. He's always a dad. Love Larry Miller. This is a great cast. It is a great class. Class. It's a class. Some class of them are in act. class. Hey, speaking of a class act, let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. If you couldn't already tell, Ryan and I have recorded a lot of episodes of a lot in a row. <laughs> We're going to bring it, though. Ryan, can I, can I say, while, while you're working on what the story is in your mind, let's, let's bring it. Uh, let's not let the tiredness get us down. It takes two to get a thing going right. right. Okay. okay. Got that out of the way. <laughs> so we meet Cameron. Is Cameron, some th- is Cameron the first person we meet? JGL? No, we meet Julia Stiles uh, uh, first yes. because we have the girls that are listening to Bare Naked Ladies, great song, but then Cat. I want you. I need you. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Shows up listening to Joan Jett. And I'm she's like, like oh, yeah. kicks the door in. This is our second movie in a row with a cat. She's like, boom. And she looks at him and she's like, not really disgusted, but she's like, oh, I'm not going to waste my time with you. And then drives past. And the other girls are like, oh, my God. She is totally a freak. So... This movie, I, man, do I love this movie more than Mean Girls? It's neck and neck in terms of like high school comedy like movies. I'm going to say that I can quote Mean Girls more. Yeah. But I like this one even just a step above Mean Girls because I like the aesthetic of it. I think I like this one a little bit more. And I think there is something kind of, 
aware that this movie is rebelling against Clueless mm. and is saying it's like bringing up a baseball bat and it's like, I'm coming for you, Clueless. It's far less meta. Right. Like, because there's no narration, for one. Yeah. It knows that it's a Shakespeare film, but it kind of laughs it off most of the time. Right. But it's it's also got high school in its sights, like high school culture in its sights. Sure. And it's got a energy that is grunge and it's really grunge but there's rock. No, there's no farce about this. Though. No. 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 But it's, they're, they're very much falling from the same tree. Yeah, and it does it in a way that doesn't break the movie in a in a very interesting way, but it's style over sense. Yeah, because Clueless is is its style is Los Angeles in the mid nineties. Yeah, and there's a bunch of like you got the, a bunch of people with like nose jobs, and you have a bunch of people with like um, all wearing the same clothes, right? And, but they're but our main character in Cher is she's not the plastics she's not Regina George no she's we just, we like her we like uh-huh, Cher uh-huh. um but we also kind of think Cher's a little ridiculous too right but there's no real division in that school like right. there's the haves and kind of the have lesses but uh, I mean even they they all hang out and talk in class together there's no like real big butting of heads right but in in terms of film style clueless even though it's being smart and clever still has an mtv era aesthetic sure it is an mtv aesthetic this is mtv2 this is like grunge rock indie rock not punk rock but it's far more alt it does it feels like you know if you went to watch clueless Great. We all went to watch Clueless because it was, you know, a touchstone. And we all we all had to go see it because everybody was talking about Clueless. But you want to know what's really going on? Step on over here to 10 Things I Hate About You in the next theater. And you're one of the cool kids. Now. Oh, yeah. And like I can hear Robin just I can hear her just being like, no, you both are wrong. Like, no, you... no. I think Robin would agree. She really likes this movie. But does she, would she still prefer Clueless over 10 things? I don't know. I, I think she hasn't seen this movie in a while, but oh, I think okay. she really likes it. So I think she knows Clueless more because you grew up with it. Um, yeah. But I like, OK, let's get into the story because I really want to talk about how cool this film is. Right. But I think. That kind of sets the stage of where we're at is that I do think it's it's knowingly trying to be an alternative to Clueless, like yes. alt-rock version of Clueless. Yes. Um, Ye- I'm trying to think of like two bands to like set me up, but I don't think there's a good equivalency because these are such unique movies in the first place. Right. And they're both adaptations, which is right. another thing that's like on its bald face, it doesn't hide it. But it doesn't lean hard into it either. Yeah, but I think you and I are kind of in agreement in the sense of we were much more into the indie alt persuasion of anything cultural at the time. We're, sure, but like Mean Girls came out, and I was hardcore into Mean Girls, and that is I was there mainstream. That so, yeah, but I love the right away. I love the vibe this movie gives yes. us. It's it's. It's basically like, hey, there's these girls. This is what you expect high school girls to be like because of Clueless. And now Kat's going to come in here and say, we're different. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so we meet Kat and she's she's just kind of a tough mother. Yeah. Um, she's not a but, mom. <laughs> she's to, not be, a mom. to be clear. But she is she is one of those girls who does not buy into the high school thing. No. In fact, I would say she rebels against it. Yeah. And... Yeah. Everyone at this school that we will come to meet is like, yes, 
yes, I knew them. Yes, I knew them. Yes, I knew them. Totally. Clueless, we don't really have that. And that's kind of the point because that's LA society yeah. that we're looking at. It's all, They're all very samey. Yeah. Yeah. And Mean Girls also can get into this place where Mean Girls goes a little too far mm-hmm. in showing these. Right. Because it's like this click and this click and this click. And this movie does that, but it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't linger on it too hard. Yeah. Like it's not it's not really setting up a world. It's just using it for comedy. Yeah. So basically, we get to school, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up, and he's like, "I'm the new kid." And then, um, and he his name is Ms. Cameron. We are screwed. Hey, no, hey, I don't want to hear that defeatist attitude. I want to hear you upbeat. We are screwed. Hey, and Cameron meets Miss Perky, who's the guidance counselor. I've got deviance to see and a novel to finish. Now, scoot. Who is yeah. also writing a romance novel on her off time, which. I thought it was just kind of a bit when I watched it at first, but now as a person in his 30s, I'm like, no, that's a good use of her time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's bored half the day. Yeah. And, you know, she, she might as well be writing a novel. She's not taking notes on these kids' problems, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he meets her and she's like, scoot, get scoot. out of here. And she's always she's always looking for adjectives for yeah. like throbbing and mm-hmm. thrusting and, and words. Too messant. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we meet cats kind of a like a one percent hellraiser only because she's just not going to take anyone's bullshit right um she's like ripping down signs for prom because she's like this stupid yeah and there's always the same girl who's like hey <laughs> and we've been friends with those people at totally. high school yeah totally i i mean i might have even for like a month been this person because of a breakup <laughs> right right um but and just joseph gordon levitt is new kid in town and uh he gets um walked around by michael mm-hmm. who played by hot elf hot elf uh david, david crumholtz i have a dick on my face don't i bernard santa claus god he's super hot he's <laughs> really um and in this one he's more like he's a adorable nerd but yeah in, but not even adorable we just would call him adorable now he's just a straight-up nerd back he, back then he's likable he's like shown joseph gordon levitt around the school and we get the the thing that um that mean girls eventually steals which is like okay you've got the cowboys mm-hmm. and the white rastas yeah and you know he, he introduces us to everyone and that's where we get to meet like cat who's scary and well no she comes later but uh, like heath ledger is scary yeah and then we run into um, Kat's Be- sister, Bianca. But can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. Beautiful mm, Larissa wow. Olenek. And I, too, had a huge crush on Larissa Olenek in the late 90s. Totally. Who wouldn't? I was more of a Julia Stiles guy, but, you know, that was me. I mean, Secret World of Alex Mack. I would... Oof. No, totally. totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Um, so he sees her, and this is where we get a little bit of Shakespeare coming in, where mm-hmm. he's he's I, quoting Shakespeare, but in the way that a nerd would. I burn, I pine, I perish. Of course you do. Right. So, Which is how people currently quote Shakespeare. Exactly. That is the only way to quote Shakespeare. They do nods. Like, all the characters have names. Like, instead of Patrick of Verona, Heath Ledger is Patrick Verona, mm-hmm. right? It's not every day you find a girl who'll flash someone to get you out of detention. But instead of having characters who wouldn't speak in Shakespearean language speak in Shakespearean language. They're like, no, for the most part, nobody's going to speak in it unless it like is a super romantic. Moment. They're in a reverie and they just yeah. get overcome and it's they, not they some, get overcome by Shakespeare, but it's not even something stylistic. It's just that English major thing that we've all done yeah. of like, suddenly we speak an arch 
dulcet tones. I rem- can I admit something yeah. stupid to you? There was definitely a girl who lived on the third floor of one of my dorms, and I what light through yonder windowed her at one point in no, time. No, you didn't. Not to her. No, but, you didn't. But to a friend. No, was, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, come on. We all did something you, stupid like this. You sincerely did this. No, no. I I need you to listen. I did not <laughs> yell up to her. Okay. I just turned to my buddy and was like, blah, 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 blah. And he was, he was like... Uh, he, he he looked up to me and he was he kind of did that thing that Fabrizio does to uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic, <laughs> where he's like, "Yeah, good luck." <laughs> yeah, you idiot. I'm glad there's no dying in this story. They they did no. a good job by doing Taming of the Shrew. Right, not a lot of death in Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, the little death maybe. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, I like her. And, uh, Michael's like, nah, yeah, try, try, no, 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 no sir. Also, no, she's no, just no. popular yeah. and whatever. And then we get the stakes of what's going on of right. like, uh, actually she can't date. Even if you got her to date you, she won't date because her dad has this rule that, uh, they well, the, the, ca- the, the, the Stratford, Stratford sisters, sisters cannot date. date. Right. They're not allowed to date. Right. What are the the Sanderson sisters? That's the witches. <laughs> Stay away from them. Um, uh, especially if you're a virgin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what a weird thing that I had to learn about when I was eight. <laughs> yeah, I remember my mom seeing that movie before I did, and she's like, mm, "We'll wait." <laughs> um, which is a bummer because it's actually a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, so that's the stakes. Like. And we get that Julius, Julius Stiles, or, okay, Kat and Bianca, I'm just going to try to call them by their character names, both have like a very sisterly relationship where Bianca is more of a prep yeah. kid and super popular. And then uh, Kat is the rebel. Yeah. She, she's got one friend who's super into Shakespeare. Super into Shakespeare. And if like, this is an English major's like, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. We know them. We definitely had friends that were just like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, Gabrielle Union plays Chastity. Mr. Stratford is just a party. Who is um, Bianca? Is is the opposite of Chaste? I'd say in this yeah. movie. And she's, she's Bianca's, Bianca's best friend. friend. And then, lastly but not leastly, maybe leastly, we have Joey Donner, played by Andrew Keegan. Money I've got. This I'm gonna do for fun. Hey, he wants to lay Bianca. Yeah, he's, he's a total a, gross. He's a model, and he's kind of Guido-ish. Yeah, he's gross. He's, he's super Jersey Shore. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for he's this is set in Seattle. Yeah, which is very fun. Right. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing that makes this movie really relatable. It's like clueless L.A. culture. This this is my home. Exactly. This is what I grew yeah. up around. So, and I grew up across the state and went to Seattle and thought, man, this is a cool day. Yeah, yeah. You were close enough. We'll let you in. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we know all the characters now and yeah. the stakes. And so what Michael and Cameron decide to do is get Bianca or get Cat a date so that Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Cameron can date Bianca. Well, we do need to establish their new stakes that are established. Oh, yes. The dad. Uh, so the dad is like, okay, okay, I hear you, because Bianca's like complaining. She's like, I want to date daddy. And uh, the dad's like, well, Kat doesn't date. And she's like, of course not. And he's like, and why do you not date? He's like, she's like, high school boys are idiots. They yeah. suck. And he's like, good. Yeah. <laughs> But but he is being a very controlling dad. We've talked about him on other episodes. Yeah, but 
his fears totally line up with his rules because right. he's a uh, OBGYN doctor mm-hmm. and he Yeah, totally, yeah. He deals with all these young mothers and sees what they're going through and he's like and doesn't no, want that for his daughters. Not happening for them. I don't want to get them let them near any boys, you and know. As so we find out strict. later, he's he's got like another bone to him which is this like I don't want to be useless to you anymore and I feel like, you know, as soon as as soon as you escape me, as soon as you have like, you know, he doesn't say another man in his life, in their lives, but as soon as you don't need me to tell you what to do anymore, then yeah. what am I doing here? It's hard for him to let go of being a father. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I get that. Like, I probably won't be the, the Walter Stratford of my neighborhood, but you know, he, he becomes kind of a sympathetic character. You never know. You never who you'll turn into. I see like the the swirl of regrets like can't let it happen to me won't let it happen sure I I I think that's what a lot of dads probably like like come to realize of like oh my god I've turned into this monster because he is maybe he's a little monstrous with his rules because they are so ridiculous yeah you can't date at all until your sister dates is that's the rule he comes up with and um, it's kind of genius in a way Mm -hmm. like me as a dad now, I'm like, good one. But, but like, the kid in me is like, that is not fair. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I think it's it lands us in a good middle ground where, like, I mean, I don't agree with the dad necessarily, but I'm glad that he exists in the world because it gives us good conflict. Yeah. And so that's when they come up with their thing where they're like, we're going to find somebody to ask out Cat. And this is where the movie really takes off in its style where they're interviewing all these, like, burnouts uh, yeah, like just people that might be able to contend with cat. They introduce all of them to the idea mm-hmm. out loud. And then we get this sequence where they're all sat in a chair and they react while the other ones all stand behind them. Yeah. But they've already been told about it. Right. But we just get their different personalities kind of reacting to the ask to date cat Stratford. Yeah. So they shouldn't be surprised because they're all hearing this. It's really fun. It's really fun. And it doesn't make logical sense in the least, but it doesn't matter because we're like, there's this artistic way to be a filmmaker where you you craft a an emotional situation and do away completely with logic and it can make sense. But if you introduce too much logic back into it, but it's it's like an uncanny valley of logic. Yeah, cuz yeah. the 90s had the best blend of swirling these things together because clueless I still buy that this high school in Los Angeles with these kids exists. Mm-hmm. But it shows it to me in such a way where it's like, but maybe it shouldn't exist, but I still buy it. Right. Um, Whereas later in the aughts, you had this weird disconnect where it's like you either had like your ridiculous things like superhero movies, but they were done realistically, like the Dark Knight trilogy. Or you went way the other way and had like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind of like gonzo weirdo movies. Mm -hmm. They all, it felt like one or the other. It felt like stays realistic or stays really weird whereas the mm-hmm. 90s was like a it was beautiful a good blend. peanut butter and jelly and another scene that they do this in is when they're all going to the party later in the movie everybody is showing up at the party at the same time at the time. same time like it doesn't army. make sense it looks like rohan coming <laughs> over the hill with their army yeah it makes zero sense but we buy it but every second of it. emotionally it makes a lot of sense it's like oh no here they come to the party yeah so Cameron, JGL, has made contact with Bianca. Oh, yeah. He's going to tutor her He's going to tutor French. French. And uh, he's like, the his friend is like, so she's looking for a French tutor. He's like, sweet. And he's like, you speak French? He's like, I will. <laughs> and like, that's such a like, 
yeah, the romantic in us is like, I'll take on anything just to talk to her. Totally. And he he's even so infatuated with her that when he like brings up his plan over their French lesson, he's like, hey, do you want to go out? Mm. And he finds out about the situation. He doesn't get that she's not into him. She's just using him. Yeah. And she's. But the thing is, but he's not seen it. He's she just, doesn't really lay it on thick that she is using him either. She's just like, but yeah. us world weary men are like, she's using you, bro. <laughs> yeah, totally. But like at the same time, it's like you're you're blind because she's super hot. Yes, you are not. <laughs> like she's not being super cagey about being like, yeah, totally. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> and I totally would have fallen for this in ninth grade. I did fall for this in ninth grade, <laughs> and in tenth grade, and in eleventh grade, and twelfth grade. So they basically decide that they need a backer. Yes. Because they, they really will need to pay someone off to go out with Kat in order right. for this to work. So they enlist Joey Donner. Joey Donner is going to pay Heath Ledger to ask out Kat. Because they make Joey think that this will let him go out with Bianca. Yeah. And they're very confident that that's not going to happen. Right. That's pretty that's pretty ballsy, you guys. Sure. And Joey Donner is vaguely threatening. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's really pretty and really popular. And he also draws a penis on Michael's face <laughs> when he's proposing this idea. But he's nowhere near actually threatening like Heath Ledger is. Oh yeah. No, he's he's legitimately threatening. But Joey is threatening as a romantic rival. Yes, for sure. To Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Yeah. But as a as a person who like cuts a figure, he's not intimidating he's kind of a baby well no he can cut a figure he's a model he's like like, that's what he does sure he just can't cut you right exactly right with his hands yeah um so that's when we meet heath ledger where like they approach him and at first he's unapproachable he just like i think he drills a hole in joseph gordon levitt's book yeah and it's it's kind of weird because when you're watching it you have to have like your remote handy because when he comes on to screen you hear the angels yeah, singing. Yeah, and, and so, praising his name. So you kind of like miss y- 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 things. Y- yeah, you're like, oh, I'm a little distracted oh. right now. I got to turn on subtitles because what, what it's did just I, such a presence. What did I say in the middle of this movie? We watched this one together. We were watching this movie, and like it was in like this just normal scene, and you just very matter of factly just said, Heath Ledger is probably the most beautiful man ever. Yeah, that has ever just lived. Very matter of factly, it's like, hmm, I. I still stand by this. I I think Heath Ledger was not only a special actor, but I think you have to be unique to be truly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And he is that. And he just, there's something about his persona, his charisma, the way he delivers his lines, the way he looks people in the eyes and the cut of his face and the cut of his jib. All, every part of Heath Ledger is like unto a hero <laughs> from legend to me. He will never be forgotten, and he's so like when I was in high school, uh-huh. I was most relating to the David Crumholtz character because mm-hmm. not even not even Cameron because Cameron is he does have a shot with Bianca. Sure, he's he's nerdy, but not uh, not he's not AV Club nerdy. Yeah, yeah. David Crumholtz, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but so am I. Uh, I I was that I was that nerdy. And but Dave, he, Michael gets his too. He, he in the gets movie. his too. Um, so I'm very impressed. Uh, but when you see a guy like Heath Ledger in the halls, and you see him get the girl, it's like totally fair. Yeah. Not even can't even think about competing with you. I'm totally okay with that. 
but with someone like Joey Donner, really riles you up. It's like that guy, that guy, really, yeah. seriously, because he's the worst, and you know he's the worst, but he's hot, and that's you, all he's like, got going for him. You know that he's hot, but you know that he's a dick too. Yeah, and there's there's something about the. <sighs> It's almost undefinable, the quality that Heath Ledger has, where you're like, not only are you so cool, but you're also forthright and <laughs> you, you have nice. no problem losing out to a guy like Heath Ledger. No. It's like, I totally get it. Like, <laughs> please go out with him. Like, I, what are you even doing talking to me anymore? If you have a chance with Heath Ledger, go. I'm garbage. Go, go out with him. <laughs> He's, yeah. And so seeing him in this movie, like we've already, what was, we've done two movies with Heath so far. Brokeback. Brokeback and Night's Tale. And I'm just glad that at least we got those. Yeah. And like, I will really want to rewatch A Knight's Tale because it's like, he is. Because like, watching A Knight's Tale, like, there's a lot to, to take in sure. at first. Mm-hmm. But I think a rewatch would just be like, all right, let's just enjoy Heath let's, Ledger. Let's see how he's. And because he does put in a lot of work. Yeah. He's, apparently, he's one of the most serious actors that anybody like works with. Mm-hmm. Like, he. He is someone who, like Ang Lee said, like he was very serious. He took his role extremely seriously. And not to say he wasn't like a goofball sometimes, but it's just that he was dedicated to getting a role right. And you can see it in this one. He is, I don't know, he's just a perfect actor. And we lost him too soon, and it makes me sad. And I'm going to think about this every time we do a Heath Ledger movie. Yeah, but he will never be forgotten. No, so. for sure. Okay, we can, we can move on yeah. now. Um, so Joey, Joey gives him enough cash for Heath Ledger to ask Cat out. And so he, he starts pursuing Cat and Cat's like, fuck off. (laughs) She's Cat. And she plays soccer. And I love that about her. Like back when soccer girls were thought of as super tough and not just like part of the everyday. Now I think they have to be like lacrosse. Yeah. Well, no, that was in Mean Girls. I don't know what today's like super hardcore jock girls play. But it's lacrosse. Definitely shot put, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, it's not going super well, but eventually he, like, uh, uh, Cameron starts talking to Bianca more and they, like, they need to get more intel on Kat. Right. So they, like, go through her room. It's, and, like, there's they the start infamous to scene to where, other. like, we all in high school thought if a girl had black underwear, it meant that she wanted to have sex. I, I was watching this with Sarah the other, like, a few years ago. I'm like, is that true? She's like, kind of. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was just as surprised as Cameron was. Um, and I, I like that moment where Cameron is talking to Bianca and he's like, hey, can, can I see your room? Can I see your room? No. A girl's room is very personal. And you get that Bianca's slowly falling for him, but kind of in a best friend way. Yeah. Uh, like they go and they hang out like next to the troll and that's a date spot. Yeah. Like, you don't go to the troll in Ballard. It's in Ballard. No, Fremont. Fremont. Is where, I bet it's right next door to Ballard. It's the Fremont troll. It's the Fremont troll. You don't go there unless you're on a date, really. Or yeah. if you're like hanging out getting high or skateboarding, I guess. I went there with a girl and we took photos. So. For class? I don't know. We were just hanging out. Were you friends? Uh, Almost. <laughs> what didn't work out so okay we'll move on i guess if you're listening apologize to my friend <laughs> for nothing i guess you, you you guys just hung out it it's just one of those weird memories where i'll always remember this weird encounter i had where it's like well we went to the fremont bridge and did this thing and that's how that's that's what's great about the bridge totally or the troll i've had like four dates there mm. well not dates but it's just like oh we ended up there yeah 
eventually, though, Heath Ledger learns this stuff and he, he does a little bit of spy work where he usually hangs out at biker bars because he's he's like the tough, sensitive dude. Yeah. Um, where this is where he hangs out, probably grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or whatever. But he goes to a concert at this club. What was a club called? Goose Club? It was something like Club Lesbian Bar. Yeah, like I mean, it, at least there's only women at this place, but you got to assume it's a lesbian bar. Yeah. And then at, it's funny because he's drinking and then he ends up at like this concert where it seems like, you know, it's no big deal to get a drink. And we went to those in like high school and college where you could go yeah. watch a show. And if but there was always like this line that you couldn't cross if you were drinking alcohol. There was that, but like the shows I went to were always at like teen centers where it's like it was always it was always like bands playing and there just wasn't any alcohol. So I never really got into a kind of bar venue place thing. We had some places in downtown Spokane where like where Rock Final Four happened or where like your friends bands would play where yeah. there was a bar, but you couldn't take alcohol beyond that point. And right. if you weren't over 21, you couldn't cross the line into the bar yeah i know they existed i just was never cool enough to go i sure. always just went to the teen centers so I, I i don't even know what a, you're using this word teen center that's I can't what we had it. we had the kirkland teen union building and we had the Remington teen center and like they were you, like specifically aimed at teens yeah they were like after school places like <laughs> but if you were 20 you couldn't go <laughs> no. and it was like your last year it was totally for high school kids and like they had a recording studio there and they had live music every weekend and they cool. had bands play every I wish I had weekend. something like that. Like, if you had a band in high school, that was your circuit. You would play K-Tub. You would play Redmond. You would play Bellevue. You would play all these, like, suburb city teen places because that's where all your friends could be invited to. And the 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 thing is, like, you would do this gig where it would be a Friday night and, like, all your friends would come see you. Uh -huh. And then they would leave and, like, the other band would go on and then their friends would show up. Sure. And, like, it was never a full place because sure. it was all yeah, circulating yeah. people out. So... Um, but I never got to go to a club like what they go to. And I yeah. was very confused. I'm like, what? This isn't like I got I watched this movie when I was in middle school and uh -huh. then I got to that age and I was like, where are all the cool places? <laughs> I was told by 10 things I hate about you that there would be 10 cool bars I could go to. Never saw a cool, cool club like the one that Heath and Julius Ryan, go it was to. part of the poem of the movie. It was telling you that high schools like a cool bar. It's not oh, actually a cool bar. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So um, he does this cool guy thing where he's like, Yeah, I'm actually in all these cool things, but can you leave me alone? And it's like, yeah. Boom, hot guy. If you're planning on asking me out again, you might as well just get it over. Do you mind? You're kind of ruining this for me. Yeah, exactly. She's like, Oh, he likes this band that I like and knows about this other band that and I like. And he's ignoring me. Oh, <laughs> sign me up. Because, I mean, that's the thing about like Kat. We, we come to understand she. She doesn't want what's expected of her. So mm -hmm. if you're going after her and you're expecting her to say yes, she doesn't respond to that kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. She responds more to if you're asking her to leave her you alone, then she's like, wait, that confuses me. Does that mean I'm mildly interested? Is that what he? Mm -mm. Yeah. She's very confused. But I, I really just like her toughness. Me too. Uh, but he kind of like asked her out from afar and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll go to this Bogie Lowenstein's party. Bogie, Bogie's party. Um, it's this big deal, bogey's party. Yeah, so they basically crash this dude's this. Everybody at the party. high school crashes this guy's party, and it's like part revenge on Michael's part because like he got kicked out of like the investment group that they were all in yeah, or whatever. 
And so Heath is going with, or well, Patrick is going with Kat and Cameron is going with Bianca. Cameron's not really going with Bianca. He's not though. <laughs> yeah, because he sees her at the party and she's with Joey. Yeah, and Joey's Fucking got Joey. his arm around her and he just watches her go and it's just like, oh God, do I relate to this? <laughs> <laughs> and poor Cameron is just like, at a loss. He's just having a bad time now. Julia Stiles, she got rubbed the wrong way by Joey at the party because Joey's like, I'm going to sleep with your sister and yeah. be an asshole. And he's been like really creeping up Julia Stiles' tree this whole yeah. time. And we're and like, we don't this know is why weird. But we can, we can see that he's like doing that thing where he's teasing her, but like he actually gets a little disappointed when she never takes the bait. Yeah. I mean, this always happens in their English class where Kat is. <laughs> they're just talking about like a book the sun also rises that they were um you know assigned to read and she's like you know what fuck Ernest Hemingway why aren't we reading Sylvia Plath and it's like well he was just asking about this one book not necessarily the author yeah and the English teacher's fed up with her and you kind of get that she's like just here to be rebellious right and she's totally justified in asking that question sure but <laughs> but not at that moment. Like she like de- derails everything that's going on. And like, it's like, this is a legitimate thing to argue that they don't teach, you know, a well-rounded curriculum right. in high school. I feel like, like we all had those classmates. Yeah. Like not a boy girl thing, but just had those classmates that was like questioning the material. It's like. And then they got to college and they're like, oh, you, do you do this here? <laughs> it's just like, I get it. But yeah. time and place. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and so Joey in the, those classes, he's always like trying to like take one over or take one out on, on her. But, yeah. you know, then Daryl Mitchell's their teacher and he's just like, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's very good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they all end up at this party. Julia Stiles is getting drunk because mm-hmm. she's like, this is what everybody expects of me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So she has her freak out. And, he- and she dances. She like basically auditions for Save the Last Dance. Yeah. She in this saves movie. the last dances this movie. She saves it and brings it to another movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patrick's like worried about her the whole time. It's yeah. really nice to see her like he's he doesn't have to worry about her. No. Right. He just needs to go right he just needs to date her he could be done after this yeah really but he actually kind of likes her and cares about her and sees he's a good guy about it i think he's attracted to her because like everybody's scared of him yeah and she's not right and so like it allows him to be himself that's nice and refreshing so uh joseph gordon levitt uh, well very i think the the great twist that this movie does is i mean it's following a shakespeare script so it just follows a shakespeare script but most movies of this era and this genre at this point in time the whole movie would be about getting kind of getting the girl right and so joseph gordon levitt would be working the whole movie to get this girl Mm -hmm. but he gets her here because joey just starts showing off and being like super uninteresting and modeling for her it's very funny yeah and bianca gets super bored super quick and she's like okay this is stupid and she she goes up to joseph gordon levitt she's like can you drive me home and he drives her home and he gets mad. Yeah. He, he like is, you know, he's ninth grade boy hurt where he shouldn't be this hurt, but he's very understandably hurt. Yeah. And she, he's just like, I like you. And and you treated me bad. And you kind of used me. And that sucks. There's a great moment where he's like, have you always been this selfish? And she just very much crawls into herself and says, have you always been this selfish? Yes. Mm. And then he keeps going off and then she kisses him and she does the like 
it's that that perfect thing where if you're attracted to someone and they kiss you in the middle of a rant, you're like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I don't I don't care anymore. Yeah, especially the beginning of relationships. And you know, I really should have paid more attention to this scene because Cameron's just advocating for his feelings uh-huh. and his rights, and it works out for him. I never did that in high school. I just stewed and was sad. Well, because the thing is, it I think it takes courage to, especially if you like someone, it takes courage to tell them that they hurt you. Yeah. If you don't, if you guys don't have a closeness or an understanding or aren't already committed in some way, because at that point in time, you're risking losing them doubly. Right. Right. And he goes out on a limb. She finds it attractive. She kisses him and they're off to the races. Yeah. Because I think in high school, we tend to not do what Cameron does. We we just right. kind of like sit with it and just had a bad night. Right. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that this movie tried to tell us what to do. Yeah, but he he is he does kind of cut a Shakespearean figure here cuz mm-hmm. he's like, you know, uh, a man of principle now and maybe not pure of heart, but he still is like, there's yeah. A, there's a little nobility to his actions. Mm-hmm. Um and I think there's a lot of vulnerability to hers because she is Yeah. When when she's called out, I think through her interaction with Joey, she kind of sees like, well, I made a mistake and she owns up to it. Yeah. Yeah. She's a very, she's li- much more likable after this scene. Right. Yeah. Because before that, she's just like a, a popular girl that you're like, yeah, popular girls are cute. Yes. You got that going for you. It's hard for me not to like you, but only because you're cute. And we get why Michael, David Crumwell's character, is just kind of jaded by her. He's just like, she's just a popular girl. She's, yeah. Who cares about her? And honestly, once once she overcomes this Joey Donner hump, she's just a nice girl. Yeah, because yeah. we get the next day where she just walks by in the hallway just smiling at him. Yeah. And it's like, oof, I remember those days where just a just a look like that could just like your you entire have a great rest of your day. The rest Doesn't of your what day. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so nice. So, but flashback to the party. Yeah. Julia Stiles super drunk, hits her head on a uh chandelier while she's there. Mm-hmm. And so Heath Ledger kind of takes care of her, then she throws up and he takes care of her more and then she throws up and he takes care of her more. And he brings her home and she's about to kiss him after because they have like a nice conversation yeah. and they're like really connecting. And she leans in to kiss him and he's like, maybe we should do this another night. Twofold reason. <sighs> On screen, it's because he's feeling a little guilty right now. He was yeah, paid to take this girl this out and now he has him. feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And on top of that, she just threw up a bunch. And so I think that's in thirdly, the subtext of this she's scene. pretty wasted. Exactly. And I don't think he wants this to be that moment. Yeah. And she's pissed. Yeah. She, and... she gets rejected and she's mad. And if you're drunk and you're rejected and you're Oof. already as riled up as as cat is on a normal basis. Yep. <laughs> gonna get pissed. Yeah. So the next day we see her still pissed. She like, tries to take his head off with a soccer, soccer ball. ball. It's very good. And they're like, you got to keep it going. Cause like, like there's this great moment between JGL and Heath where right before the stuff with Bianca, he's like, ah, it's off. It's not happening. Yeah. And Patrick's like, see, first of all, Joey is not half the man you are. Secondly, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Go for it. If I have Heath Ledger dust on me, I can fly. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a large dude, but I, in that moment, just identified with a 14 year old guy and just like looking up at Heath Ledger. I'm like, okay, how tall, okay, are, how tall are you? I'm six, three. 
Okay, well, Heath Ledger's only 6'1", so... I feel I feel like Heath Ledger towers over me. Yeah, he's so, wearing boots in this movie, too. So, so. that's how I see it. Um, so, they, like... Joey is like Patrick Verona. Patrick of Verona. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep going, because I want to ask this Bianca out. So you gotta keep it up. And also, in the meantime, Bianca also shoots a guy in the butt. Yeah. She great. shoots a, a coach in the butt with a an arrow. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> And I, I like that the movie just breezes over that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Heath makes up for it and he does, can't take my eyes off of you. That's right. He like, because Joseph Gordon-Levitt or Michael, Cameron or Michael tells him um, like she made herself vulnerable. And you embarrassed and her. you embarrassed her. So you have to like put yourself out there and embarrass yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So show, he show does that, this. Like equal to playing ground, they say. And he sings on the steps with the marching band. Probably one of the most iconic scenes in any movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it, if anything, this is what canonizes this film. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And he gets chased by a couple of security guards. And it's like, if I... I brought this up while we were watching the movie, but I just have to bring it up for our audience. I almost want to poll the audience. Do you think security officers, again, this movie does is going off of emotional sense and it's perfect that they're chasing him. Yeah. But in a high school, I feel like no security officer would chase this guy because it's like, you know, the band's playing. It feels like this. They're like auditioning like a thing that they're going to do at like a football yeah. game or whatever. It doesn't feel that rule breaky. Right. But, but I love that they chase him anyway. They chase him. They don't, if in reality they need to chase him, but they would be like, Hey, get down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they're like, you're coming with us. Yeah. You're, you're going into detention or whatever. No one gets, no one gets dragged. If you're getting dragged to detention, I don't think detention is the place for you. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, but Julia comes and saves him because her soccer coach is the one who's like In taking care of detention. detention. He's he's teaching. Hold on, her soccer coach teaches gym, uh, takes care of detention, and coaches soccer. He's doing a lot at the school. Yeah, that's that's a lot to carry. And Julia or Cat flashes him in order to like get Patrick out of the room. Yeah, which and is it's a funny scene. Sounds a little weird, but it is weird. <laughs> it's definitely weird. Yeah, but it's also funny. But he escapes, and it's like if I was in detention and I saw that happen, I'm like, what about me? So unfair. Like flash him for <laughs> what, me. Why does he? Why does he flit? Oh, it's Heath Ledger. It's Heath Ledger. Yep. Fair enough. So then they go have a date, and it's like a great date. They go on the the Puget Sound. They go and they paddle play. boat paint balls where they throw balls it's like of paint, paint at each ball, other. Kind of. It's as if. It's as if someone was like, like these two screenwriters were like, they need to have like an activity. What should they do? And they like lean over to their friend, like, what's a fun activity to do in Seattle? And the guy's like, uh, paintball's already pretty fun. And they have like no idea what paintball is. Like, yeah, paintball. Paintball. <laughs> Put paints in balls and throw them. And they write the scene and their friend's like, no, like. With pow, guns. Pow, 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 paintball. And they're like, yeah, like, yeah, paintball. Throw balls with paint. <laughs> I, you know. It was the 90s, though. Splatter paint was a big thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this was filmed at Gaswork Parks. Wouldn't be surprised if something like this happened there mm. at one point. And I've got to say, it's Gasworks. This mm. is where I proposed to my wife. Yeah. So, like, this movie just is this. It feels like a hometown movie for me because sure. I didn't grow. I wasn't raised in downtown Seattle. Sure. I was in the suburbs, yeah. but it's just like, uh, L'Amour. Sure, sure, totally. <laughs> they have a wonderful kiss in the hay at the paintball place. Yeah, it's a good kiss. He, like, flings his uh, protective eyewear. Mm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, they have a roll in the hay, and then, but not literally. Mm-hmm. Um, no, literally, but not figuratively. Right. And then they end up back at the house, and it's like, oh, Heath Ledger, straight hair. What's up? Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks her to prom, kind of nonchalantly. And he's, he's like, go to prom with me. And she's like, why? He Fred Weasley's it, where like that's how he asks out Angelina Johnson to the Hogwarts ball. <laughs> he's just like, "Yo, Angelina, go to ball," and he's just like, "Sure, whatever." And he's like, "Nice." And Cat is very like, what "The fuck do you want to go to prom with me for?" And yeah. Heath is like, "Come on, just go to prom with me." And she's like, "What's your motivation for wanting to take me?" It's the only bump of writing in this movie. It's a little forced. It's a little forced, but. Uh, whatever yeah. is what I say. Um, so he basically says, I'm not, I have no motivation other than wanting to take you. And yeah. They and get they, a little mad at each other. They have a little tiff. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember how he, the dad talks to her. That's how she decides to go. Oh yeah. She's just like, they have a nice little combo and he's like, she's like, I guess I'll play along and yeah. I'll go to this thing. And like, she's not going to go necessarily at first. And, um, but Bianca's like, come on, please. Yeah. And so, oh, and she also warns her off of Joey. This is where we find out about. Yeah. We learned that Kat had a past fling with Joey where they actually did it and slept together once. Yeah. And I think that's probably the only other person that like from the vibe I get is Julia Stiles slept with this dude and then he ended up being a real big butthead yeah. uh, because she said that she didn't want to sleep with him anymore. And he's like, well, I'm breaking up with you then. Yeah. That's why he's been making her life kind of hell or trying to anyway. And so but I don't, I don't think imagine... it's out of vengeance. I think he still wants her. I, I think it's, it is out of vengeance, but it's not that he, but I think he also does still want her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's trying to still be loved by her. Like it bugs, In this very sick way. It bugs him that this woman doesn't like him. Yeah, And he's lot. trying to get her to like him. Yeah. And it's disgusting. Yeah. And, you know, Kat tells her this, and it makes me think that Kat's kind of sworn off dudes up until Heath Ledger. Yeah. Where, like, maybe she's gone on a date with a couple of guys, but it doesn't seem like she's the kind of person that's dated much since that. Yeah, she just figures, like this bad experience with Joey kind of is indicative of probably what all men would be like. Yeah. And maybe that's not true. Yeah. And she kind of sees in Heath Ledger like, Oh, you're kind of a cool dude. Yeah. Um, that, so it's a good coming of age for someone who seems already super world wary. It's yeah. like, maybe you're not as world wary as you think you're making yourself out to be. Yeah, totally. Like maybe you cut yourself off from experiences. We don't get that on the page, but subtextually it seems there. I think we got there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah we wrote it. <laughs> we wrote, rewrote the movie. Congratulations <laughs> to us. Um, Bianca though, doesn't really take this well. Like it's a nice admission from Kat, but Bianca's like, stop trying to protect me. Yeah. Like, Cause Kat's I want to live my own life. Kat's been complicit with the dad's rule of like, you're not allowed to date. And right. Kat's like, sounds great to me. Yeah. Cause I wasn't planning on it in the first place. And she, and she doesn't want her da- sister dating Joey. Right. But she doesn't let her sister date anybody. And she's trying to protect her. But it's just like her dad. It's overprotective. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sorry. Now I just can only think of Joey in this movie. <laughs> Joey. And be like, hey, Bianca. <laughs> how, how you, you doing? doing? That is not a cat. Uh, so, but nonetheless, Bianca gets mad at Cameron because mm-hmm. Cameron, even though he knows... She likes him, still hasn't asked her out yet. And it's like, 
my bro. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You're in. Yeah, she's make like, it happen. Me out. You, you, and like, it happens off screen, but he ends up picking her up for prom. I'm really mad that we didn't get that scene of him actually asking her out. It might be on the deleted scenes. We can check. Yeah, and maybe they didn't need it because yeah. at the end of the day, I, it's I like, it. yeah. And um, Heath Ledger doesn't pick uh, Julia Stiles up. Julia Stiles arrives stag mm-hmm. and finds Heath Ledger there. And I'm like, oh, no, nice. way to go. And he looks like the most attractive human being in the world. And He looks like a cookie because I want to eat him. <laughs> and Julia Stiles is also a snack. <laughs> um, and uh, But Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up and he's just like, the charming, bumbling, like nice boy, where he's like, hey, "Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, sir, totally. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring your daughter back or whatever." A hundred percent confident that you were like this at your prom. Yes, I was. Wish door. I was Heath Ledger. <laughs> was more Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But like, cl- like cuts a clean figure, like looking good, looking fresh. Dads don't feel like they have to worry about me, <laughs> but like they can be a little worried because like you still look fresh enough that. You could be something for this girl. Sure. So. I, the one thing I did not do is wear collars on the outside of my collars. Oof, damn. That's a that's a look. What can you do? That was the 90s trying to be the 70s. Yeah. We um, should also mention Michael David Krumholtz discovers oh, yeah. Kat's friend uh-huh. Mandela. It's a charming new development. Apparently is her name according to IMDb. I, didn't, I never caught it. I think that's her. Wait, where? Here? Is that her? Looks her. Yes, I think that's her. Um, and we learned that she's Susan obs- May Pratt. She's obsessed with Shakespeare. Yeah. And boy, did we have those friends. And luckily, Michael knows all the just Shakespeare enough Shakespeare. Well, just enough Shakespeare at least to get her. Yeah. And he buys her a dress. What a power move! Oh Gets her gosh. a Renaissance dress. That's so good because you wouldn't you wouldn't get a dress for a girl who's like you know I wanted just a normal dress because like you got to try a bunch of stuff like that on. But you know. This girl's into Ren Fair stuff. You get her a cool dress. If she wants, she's going to make some alterations to that dress mm-hmm. to make it fit her. And it's just like, yeah, you got some, you you guys both got game here. It's a weird thing. I've always, have you done this a lot? Have you bought clothes? I'm not saying lingerie, clothes. Like clothes. I'm, I'm just a whole category of clothes for your lady and say, I got this for you to wear. Do you do that a lot? So I've bought my wife um, two sweatshirts, a cardigan, and some tights that she wanted me to buy, so that doesn't count. Um, like a necklace. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, though. I I, I got to remember it's a nice it's a nice thing. Like the, the ladies like it. I'm told. Clothes? Yeah. When you when you're saying I want to see you in this, I I forget that. Oh, they yeah. Really appreciate the gesture. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I mean it depends on your style whether you or how well you know her style. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I've always been too terrified to do it. Because I'm always a clothes horse, though. Like she, she knows what's going on. With, I know. With, That's with why fashion. I'm, yeah. I'm scared. I'm like, I can't. I can't compete with that. Just get her any jacket that makes her look like Carmen Sandiego, and she'll be happy. <laughs> she, she is a badass. <laughs> um, so they all end up at prom, and also we didn't say before, but Chastity, Bianca's friend, ended going up going like, with Joey. Going with Joey. Yeah. Well. Kind of. She at least went to a party with him at one point in time. Maybe they hooked up. Who knows? Well, Joey shows up to Bianca's house. To pick her up. And it's in a great scene. Yeah. And the dad was like, no. And he just shuts the door in his face. It's great. So he shows up later with Chastity and he meets, she meets Bianca in the, the dressing room. It's not quite a bathroom. Yeah. 
it's, it's wherever's fancy. Tell us how these rooms work, ladies. <laughs> it's a powder room. And she's like, that's right. I'm going to have sex with Joey. It's going to be great. Yeah, and he's like, Bianca's like, fun. great. Fuck you, man. <laughs> um, but then Joey ruins everything because he goes up and talks to Heath Ledger on the dance floor. And he's like, you ruined me having sex with Bianca, you son of a bitch. And I didn't pay you to go out with Kat. Yeah. And Kat's like, my bet. My bet. My bet. Yeah. And so ruins everything. And Heath Ledger's sad. And Bianca's sad. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt punched... No. No, Joseph no. Gordon-Levitt gets punched by Joey, and then Joey gets decked by Bianca. It's crazy. Twice. Scene. Twice. Oh. Bad. And, a, and a knee to the nards. Oh, so good. Good job, Bianca. High five. Good job for this movie updating this, because this Shakespeare play could Ugh. use updation. Updation <laughs> is a word that I made up. Um, yeah. Updating. I read Taming of the Shrew recently. No, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm yeah. sorry, you sh- you you scholars, you English majors, all of you people defending it. No, yeah, it's it's just sexist. Yeah, it really is, and it doesn't make it a fully bad play, but it is a sexist play. It's just sexist because it ends with the cat character being like, you know what, you're right. I should stop being a shrew. And that's how the story resolves itself. Right. And look, people can come to realizations that they shouldn't be as much of an asshole as they are. Mm-hmm. This happens all the time in our movies. But it's so one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. And but this is not. And I, I must, I will, I will say for the defenders of Taming the Shrew, sure. Petruchio versus Katarina, their dialogue is, it's great. It's choice. Especially it's when you best. watch it done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much better than, like, it's one of those plays that I would much rather watch than read right. anytime. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And the repartee with Patrick and Kat, mm. wonderful. Yeah. They do a great job. It's well written, well acted, well directed. Yeah. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, so it basically resolves by Heath Ledger just buying a guitar for Kat. Well, the poem. Oh, she reads her poem, which is in our audio drop so we don't need to play it because we played it for you a billion times it's but it is the 10 things that she doesn't hate about him right which is probably only six or seven yeah i, I mean who knows <laughs> it's there's no way to find out like it's really it's been lost to history at yes, this point it's true but she she says it and she kind of opens the door up because it's this character who you would think would have the passion of a thousand suns burning against him but she ends up being so honest mm-hmm. and it's that honesty that just like opens the door to him. And he's like, you know, I stalked you at one point in time and saw you like this guitar. And so I got it for you. And what he does is say like, Hey, you know, you said you wanted to be in a band and I'm here for that. Yeah. And he knows that she's going to Sarah Lawrence the next year. Yeah. And he's just more like, I like you a lot. Well, and she's like, okay. I never realized like, Every time I watch this, I always thought the ending was kind of like a, a cop-out. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he just buys her a guitar? But I realized on this watch, he's like, no, he buys her a guitar with Joey's money. Yeah, exactly. So he <laughs> he it, gives her the money back in the form of a thing that she really wanted in the first place. Uh-huh. And probably added on top of it. Because yeah. Joey only gave her him like a couple hundred dollars. A this couple is hundred a Fender bucks. Strat. So. It's, it's a very expensive guitar. And so... He he doesn't necessarily buy his way back into her good graces. He's he's I think on a level playing field because she loves him but is mad at him and tells him that to his face in the the English class. Mm-hmm. And then he is like, "Hey, I apologize for what I've done wrong. I'm giving you this guitar, which is a form of apology, but mm-hmm. it's less 
it's not only a gift. You're right. It's a reworking of what was wrong. Yeah. And it's kind of a rendering of justice because it's like, this is rightly yours as cash value. Yeah. And Joey, Joey then makes her happy, but in a way that he wouldn't like, which would make Kat happy. Yeah. And she's the one who's like, you know what? I like you, dude. And they kiss. And with the mic drop, this movie then scrolls up to save Ferris. And don't just that you can... On top of the school, and we just basically watch them perform this song yeah, the whole time. It's, it's great. great. It's super <laughs> it's great. It's one of the best endings. The school is in Tacoma. I've been there You've personally. Been there. Yeah. It's jealous. super cool in person. It's unbelievable that it exists. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just as unbelievable in person. It's is like, it still it's used? Like, um, I couldn't tell. Okay. Uh, we went there in the summer, so it was, it was hard to tell. But it's like one of those things where it's like, this should not be a real place. Because they go to Hogwarts. Yeah, it's a, basically a castle. <laughs> And it's it's got like a big cliff that leads down to the sports fields. Yeah, and it's the it's the one that Michael accidentally rides his little moped down. <laughs> so good. It's another one of those times in the movies where it's like this doesn't need to be here, but it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's the movie. What do you give this out of five? Ah, uh, this is gonna get one of those rare five, five out, out of, out of fives. five. Yes, because there's not a single thing I would change. Me neither. Not a single thing. Yeah, like I said, even that little hiccup in the the dialogue, the fact that that stands out so much. It's just a little blemish. It, it's it a is. Little... It's like one piece of sand in my shoe. It's like, That's oh, it. you're human. Yeah. Um, and I like of, it all the more for it. Yeah, it's, it's a movie where it's like, let's say you had one of those days where it's like, you legitimately were planning on going to school, but you were actually sick. And you're like, I, I actually do feel like shit mm-hmm. and I have to stay home. You turn on the television. Ten things I hate about you is on. Nothing Holy better. shit. I just even don't mind that there's commercials. Such a good day. It just really turns around your day. It's the thing that you can throw on anytime, yeah. whatever mood you're in. It's so wonderful. Watching a movie in the middle of the day is always kind of weird because you end up in the afternoon and you're like, well, I don't really have a lot of time to do anything now. Mm-hmm. I could commit to watching another movie, I guess. Yeah. And you and I watched this in the middle of the day and I felt energized for the rest of the right. day. I was like, I can do anything. It's one of those things where that's just going and you're hanging out in the living room slash kitchen area because you're a middle class person and that's what you have where your kitchen and your living room are one and the same and mm-hmm. you're heating up soup and you're watching at the same time. It's like, oh, it's Actually, good. I think if you're truly middle class these days, you have a nicer house than that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but middle and class in the 90s was different. Cut cut deeper yeah maybe uh, i i think what, what were um i always try to base what middle class is off of who not living in kevin McAllister's house yeah that is the richest dude of all yeah but they, they're always like uh i don't know if i can afford this <laughs> we have this fourth floor <laughs> attic which would be awesome to live in <laughs> We have a giant basement with a giant old heater. It's going to eat me. Uh, anyway, that's that movie. Let's uh, go on over to Trope movie. Talk. Huh? Yeah, let's go. And welcome back to Trope Talk. It's like jock talk because O'Doyle rules. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Okay, so uh, the trope is, it's kind of a specialized trope that I wanted to bring up. And we're going to be talking, this is a high school movie, and I want to talk about the high school movies genre, mm-hmm. but more as a cu- cultural touchstone and just as a aesthetic and quality. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to ask you about the To All the Boys trilogy. Yeah. High okay. school movies. Yep. And unfortunately, I think it's the closest thing to cultural zeitgeisty movie of high school. Of this era? Yeah. Right now? Like, like Gen Z, that's their clueless, their mean girls, their 10 things. Yeah, because I think before that, um, you had Edge of 17. I don't know. Euphoria is really big these days. Is that is that's, that high school? That's not like that's not this vibe though. That's like a totally different vibe. That's more like Basketball Diaries kind of like it's what is, what is Basketball Diaries? A very serious Leo DiCaprio movie. It's like oh. Euphoria is like serious like okay. drugs so, and all these like R-rated content stuff. Okay, so, so like j- what is high school like is the is the kind or of more like genre. The the high school film like i feel like mean mm. girls really was like our go-to this is you're us right. comedy you're, you're clueless your breakfast clubs yeah 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 the things that it's like oh we look to high school and see what high school was like in this time and like it defined us it was what we all glommed onto. it's mm-hmm. what like was it like showed our world to the showed our world to the world mm-hmm. and it was pretty yeah we felt a good like, way to put it we were like, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how, totally. That's how it pretty much is. Yeah. And I feel like, like I look at poor Gen Z and like, you guys got shortchanged. Like, yeah. You got three movies. We only got one, but. But it's not super, it's not high school-y. Right. <sighs> like, it's I mean, got it high exists, school characters. It's, it exists at a high school, but there's nothing about that movie that feels, okay, okay. Let's, I think the tropes of high school Let's talk about those really quick. You have um, cliques, mm-hmm. for one. Um, you have popular and non-popular kids. You have the anxiety and stress of your lifestyle of, like, you have classes and homework and job and girlfriend and maybe not girlfriend. and You're learning how to balance life, which is something yeah. that you've never really had before being your own life. Yeah. You're kind of a grown-up, but you're definitely not a grown-up. Yeah, you're still living by other people's rules. Yeah. There's usually stuff with like locker rooms. There's stuff with like, you know, um, doing sports and not being super good at sports unless you are super good at sports. And then I, I and the thing about the 10 things trilogy and I kind of came around by the third one. I was like, oh, to all the boys of, trilogy or to all the boys. I wish there was a 10 things. I mean, there is a 10 <laughs> things uh, a TV show. Yeah. But I've they really that. should have made 20 things. I kind of like about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the they're they're kind of diluted. Yeah. And you have you have the types of like the friend who you used to be friends with in junior high, but then that person kind of turned into kind of a pitchy character and now you're not really friends with them anymore sure. because they're mean to you and they're judgmental of your shoes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but like of all the characters that don't get along in the To All the Boys series, you have that one character that's just like con- the, that is conflict oriented as a character. Yeah. Every single other character in that movie gets along. Yeah. And in this movie, Heath Ledger doesn't necessarily get along with Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, he doesn't talk to Bianca, uh, Joey, Michael, like uh, he doesn't get along with any of these people yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Cat doesn't get along with any of them at the beginning of the movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt only gets along with Michael, then a little bit Bianca, but Joey doesn't get along with anybody else except his jock friends. It's like, 
this world isn't a world where everybody is friends. Like I wasn't friends with everybody in my high school and there were definitely people that I did not like or right. at least didn't talk to or wouldn't think to talk to because they were like stratospherically above me. Right. And like there is class like the, there's it's just really complicated. Yeah. And to all the boys kind of simplifies it and oversimplifies it. Yeah. And I'm. We're not necessarily throwing it in the trash. No, there's room for that. And I do think that, you know, these are movies and sometimes they, yes, over-dramatize high school. But the lens has to be the drama. And then beyond you see, like, yes, I can see high school through this drama. Right. Rather than seeing, I see high school and there's a little bit of drama beyond that. Right. And I just think there's nuances, there's details, there's all these little things that make it more of a cinema thing it's more of a film that's being made whereas to all the boys just feels tv movie about what it's doing where it's just like we've got our little story with laura jean and her shenanigans and we don't really have any investment in anything else that we're doing right now so michael i think um bullying is something that you know we don't like seeing in the real world but happens all the time Mm -hmm. um like I was bullied in high school and like Michael getting a penis drawn on him. I never had a penis drawn on my face, right? but seeing that happen to Michael puts him in the place of being unpopular. Right. You, if you're a popular kid, if you have sway through money, through class, through style, through like, like intimidation, like Heath Ledger, nobody would do that because to Heath Ledger, because he would murder them. Yeah. Not really murder them, but he would like, they'd be afraid of him hurting them. Yeah. And just the fact that Michael has that happen to him or is afraid to talk to specific people makes him unpopular. Mm-hmm. Laura Jean tells us that she's not a cool kid. Right. We used to be best friends, but post middle school for reasons having to do with her popularity and my lack thereof, we are now decidedly not. Cute boots. Thank you so much for your service. Vintage. But everybody kind of likes Laura Jean. So And everyone's pretty simpatico with each other. Yeah, and so it just is. Like you have there's the cool table and the not cool table, and that's how deep it goes. Yeah, and it's that's that's it. And, <laughs> and not again, not to take a dump on to all the boys. No, We're no, not no. saying that. No, but there is something special about high school movies where you should be able to understand through looking at it. And watching what these characters go through, where they are in the stratosphere of high school. Yeah. And this movie has very clear delineations. Yeah. And the the ones that we've already praised, Mean Girls, Clueless, and even the ones we haven't talked about yet, like Breakfast Club, there's texture to it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different characters that get a lot of good development and there's a lot of thought-outness to the cinema going on here. But mm-hmm. and to all the boys... I'm, I don't have that texture. I don't have that detail. It's just basic. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling, I'm asking these filmmakers, like when you, when you do movies like this, the, there's a high standard set for this. Sure. Like don't just yeah. think your audience is 16 so you don't have to try as hard. Like you need to try really hard. Do not talk down to your audience. Yeah. Also costumers do something for me. Every single costume in this movie felt like it was a lived in costume that was bought from a Goodwill. Right. Which makes it seem like the characters all had these in their closets before they put them on. Yeah. Something like to all the boys I loved before, all of the outfits feel like they're off the rack. Right. 
right? Not and not Nordstrom rack, but off the actual rack. <laughs> well, it's like if you look at uh, the Euphoria. I haven't watched any of Euphoria, but yeah. it's it's kind of a joke to me because it's like no one dresses like that. Like I don't. Maybe I'm missing the point of the show, but it's like they're all in like beyond clueless wardrobe where it's like super inappropriate sexy clothes that look super posh and it's like no that's not how it went at all well i don't actually know the show so maybe it's like a bunch of rich kids i guess so but then again it's it doesn't i just clueless makes sense i think we shouldn't bash on something that we haven't seen sure just stay in the realm that we have i already don't believe it that's the problem okay watch it then i know and then critique it it's it's too cool. I, I'm not cool enough. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing. It's a stratosphere above you. Mm-hmm. So, I don't yeah, know, though. High school movies, try harder because I think 10 Things, Clueless, and Mean Girls aren't just good movies for current for their current generations. They're good for all generations. Right. Like, as Robin didn't grow up watching Mean Girls. I showed her Mean Girls for the first time, and it didn't resonate as hard with her because that wasn't her high school. Yeah. But she was still like, this is a a really good movie yeah and like when i watch breakfast club i don't really relate to them because those kids are like way older than me mm-hmm. and it's like i didn't really have their experience but i was definitely close enough i feel like by the time i watched breakfast club i'd seen enough of the other 80s movies that i was like i get this yeah yeah but you're right like it's such a good movie and i think essentially what these kids are going through in high school, you have to, as an adult or a high schooler, relate to it. Mm-hmm. You like, you, we have to find the universal in the local here and say, yes, I too have felt like an outsider. Yes, I too have felt that people have wanted too much from me and I didn't want to give that. Yes, I too felt pressure to conform. Yes, I too felt pressure to rebel. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to hold on to these these really tropes if you're thinking about it but they're they're tropes that we are just really emotions that we all had in high school yeah and i don't know i just want more characters like cameron fry can't be wound up this tight and go to college his roommate will kill him when cameron was in egypt's land let my cameron go Cameron. So that's our trope. So I'm going to take the car and turn it around and we're going to talk to the Patreon, which indeed no updates because <laughs> it's only been 10 minutes since the last episode for us. It's like we're in this weird time continuum. Yeah, but no. Well, let's check the Patreon just for the, refresh that Patreon page. Has anybody else voted for our July brat worst brat pack? pack. It's some kind of wonderful, pretty in pink, sixteen in can, sixteen in candles, mm-hmm. and about last night, and sixteen candles winning still by winning. a landslide. So uh, we'll see when the month is up. We got more. We got lots more people that time. need to vote. So yeah, yeah. And if you want to join, that's right over on Patreon.com/slash/RomComGents, where you'll also find this month's bonus episode. Ryan and Sarah kind of break down. The trailer. The trailer. The trailer and like showdown. What's good and bad about trailers? Yeah. The ultimate trailer mm-hmm. showdown. And there's essays, and then we'll have uh, speed for next month. Yep. Great. Well, let's move on from this <laughs> money pit. That's where we were. We're in the money pit. We're in the money pit. So where do we go from there? I don't know. Where do we go, Ryan? Oh, we go. Where do we keep our golden sword? It's it's in a pit. You're right. It's in a pit. It's in a pit. It's bad. I was imagining it more in like a stone, like a sword and stone, but it's in a pit. No, it's like in my backyard. It's a, okay. Well, let's go get it. All right.
She. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. The Golden Sword in this movie, I think, goes to Heath Ledger's dance. <laughs> like he, like you said, dance. I thought you were going to say something else for the duh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get to see it in this film. Um, it it would go to his other D in Brokeback. Uh, Brokeback. Thank you. He's not like Pavarotti. He's a fairly good singer, though, and mm-hmm. he just he does that thing that I wish I would have done in high school. And there were a couple of people who did do this in high school where they like, uh, what, were, what were those things where like you got together and it was like pre- a prep rally kind of, was there a name for those at your school? They were called pep rallies. Well, I don't just, know what prep rallies are. Maybe that's rallies. a rally to get ready for a pep rally. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it's like where you're all inside in the basketball court and everybody's yeah, like. Yeah, it's a pep rally. Yeah, okay. So it was a pep rally. We didn't call them that. I forgot what it's we called It's just occurred to me, what a waste of time those were. <laughs> oh, yeah, completely. But every once in a while, somebody would do something fun. Like, I'm going to ask you to prom, but I'm going to sing. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm not a good enough singer to pull that off without like shaking the entire time. Even though I was in choir, I just wasn't that great of a singer. I was in pep band, so that was my like... Oh, so you always had a place to be. I had a place to be, and I had... It was just kind of like... I was probably the one most chill. It's like, I get to play drums at the pep rally. All you guys have to like play with white t-shirts yeah for me i just didn't like i was like all right i'm here and yeah. you can try to entertain me or it's you know motivational speaker week or this is the week that we're going to show you not to drunk drive by having the theater kids like enact what a drunk driving accident is going to be <laughs> yeah. or something yeah you know it was just always something and seeing him just like boldly go where no student has gone before mm. and doing this song and dance routine to woo this girl i was like I, I remember the one kid who could do he could do a wall run. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I, it's harder to woo people doing that. He wooed all of us. <laughs> True. What about you? What's your golden sword? I'm giving a golden sword to... It's like I see all these perfect children and it's like pick out one child to give a gift to. It's like I want to give them all a gift. <laughs> um, Did you bring enough golden swords for everybody? Uh No. I guess I'll give them to Larissa Olenek's eyes. Hmm. Okay. Go she, on. She looks at the camera with that smile of, I'm looking at a guy I have a crush on. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, man, you filled me up with such positive vibes. I've just, this is, this is good. You're here for the Olenek vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And um gives me some warm, bubbly feelings. So way to go. Nice. Olenek vibes sounds like a... Sounds An like album a, from Sweden. Yeah, like a punk rock album. A yeah. proto-punk from 1977. Totally. From Sweden. Stockholm Syndrome. It lost out to Rumors for Best Album of the Year. Yeah, Rumors. Yeah. No, no, it's all true. <laughs> yeah, want to... I, You know, I did hear a rumor, actually, that you had a rom-com Oscar to give out. Man, my voice is it's pretty <laughs> it's close to dead. Um... Can I go SAG Award and give out Best Ensemble? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Look it up. Rerouting. Rerouting. Yeah, I don't think you've done that this year, so... Aha! Go ahead. Best Ensemble. Look at these guys. What an amazing cast. I mean, it's hard for me to think about the 90s without thinking of this movie and these faces. Like, 
Guys, look close at the poster. Picture the poster. You don't even have to Google it. Picture it. You can see it. They're just all standing there. All of them. And it's weird because like nobody's standing with the person you'd think they'd be standing with. They're all just chilling. Yeah, like, like Heath uh, Ledger has his arm around uh, Olenek. <laughs> What's going on there? Get your arm away from there. And Joey's just in the middle being sad. He's like, whatever. <laughs> and I'm glad Shakespeare Girl got invited to the poster, too. Yeah, totally. That's great. Um, Yeah, best ensemble. Ensemble. Wait, did you give yours out? No. What was I'm yours? thinking? I'm going to give this best high school movie. Like I, I don't know what's coming next, but I can't imagine. And like even Breakfast Club, I think, is not as good of a high school movie as this because right. I really th- do think it does get high school, but it's more personal and existential. And this one kind of gets high school as a world. Yeah. So I really don't know if there's a better high school movie than this. It might be the best one ever made. Oh wow! Wow. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You're, you've got love in your heart, so I, I have, do. I have to ask, who would you fall in love Are with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I know. You, Ryan. Okay, that's not what I was looking for. Oh, you wanted me to pick a person. Okay, yes. let's pick Joey. <laughs> no, not Joey either. Shoot, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be an obvious answer between Patrick or Kat. But Bianca's a, a spitfire... I, you know, I, it's Heath Ledger rule. I can't, I, we got Heath Ledger in here. I can't not say Heath Ledger. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's tough as nails, but he's sexy to boot. And he ends up actually being a softie in the end mm-hmm. and super supportive. You got to say he's supporting her dreams. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going with Mandela, the weird Shakespeare girl. She's foxy. She's super foxy. She's clearly an English major. So we would <laughs> really get along. Um, and yeah, she's she cuts she cuts a fine figure in that that Boing. that Ren dress. So I love it. Yeah, I really do like uh, her and uh, Michael together in that last scene because he's he's also got like a cravat or yeah. something that he's wearing. Looks good. It's pretty good. Wow. Well, Ryan, for the first time in as many as three weeks, we have no idea what we're watching next week. Ooh. Wait is is this would this one this one would be Ryan this one would be the poll. Uh, so I think we have to, to push delayed. it. It'll yeah. have to be delayed. Uh, you so as of this point in time, you have one more week after this to vote. Yeah. Okay. Give me a number between one and one hundred and sixty-three. Um, three. Whoa, right. Hold on. Ryan's eyes just lit up like he he was just a kid brought to the candy store. We are doing. Well, it's not even something that I'm super excited for, but I'm just, I'm ostensibly, not ostensibly, I'm just like generally excited. We're doing Kissing Jessica Stein. Oh. <laughs> Is this the one that Robin really wanted us to watch? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. That's why I was like, oh, Robin's going to be really happy because we're finally getting to it. Well, Robin, you're going to hear this in three weeks. Uh, get excited, kid. <laughs> It's going to be next week, which for us is like in a month. 
Yeah, totally. We won't watch it now. And no. Then, no. No. It'll, it'll be a bit. We'll watch it when you're watching it. But yeah, it'll be good. Imagine us next to you on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Not creepy. Just Not like, creepy. you know, in Not a fun creepy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind Not of creepy. way. Not creepy. Uh, well, Kelly, I love you so much that I would... Uh, I would I would pay all that money back. I I, I don't need to give. What are you buying me? Tell I, me tell me details. What are you What are you getting me to buy me I, back? I, I I'll make up for it and I'll buy you um, a cheap moped. I think that's what you're looking for. And so I'm Michael in this situation. Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay, you know, I don't need the this money. This fair. I, I don't take need the it. money. That's how much I love you. I love you so much that I don't hate you. Mm. Oh, oh, because the poem poem because poetry because there's i listed 10 things that was just the last one don't worry about it i did it off air nice and this is where we will say goodbye ryan and kelly must bid you adieu thank you for listening to our review rate and subscribe we'll even take a bribe so see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. Ow, 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 ow. Is that Owen Wilson getting ow. acupuncture? Yeah. No, he's... It's, <laughs> it's Owen Wilson just watching Heath Ledger, and every single time he does something, he goes, ow, ow. ow. <laughs>